Chit-chatting, chit-chatting, chit-chatting. Oh, and here we go. Now see, now I don't yeah, have my window. Yeah, it's time. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I am Kimberly Adams. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. Hey, I am Megan McCarty Carino in for Kai Rizdal. Thank you to everyone for joining us this Friday for the YouTube live stream and on the podcast for Economics on Tap. Yes, and uh, thank you, yes, everybody on the YouTube live stream, listening later on, the folks on the Fan Run Discord, even though I can't seem to load it on my computer today. But, uh, Megan, what are you drinking before we get to our news fixes and our games and things like that? Yeah, so I uh, did not have time for any sort of complicated concoction, which is usually my way. Uh, so I mm. relied on the people of France to produce a nice Provençal rosé that I had in my fridge. So that's what I'm about. And uh, it's pretty warm here, I'm going to tell you. Um, <laughs> so it's nice and refreshing. What about you? I hope you are having something restorative for your yes, Friday. Yes, beverage. indeed. I am. I've got my mug of. Jasper is letting himself be known. There. There we go. <laughs> um, I have my mug of throat coat tea with uh, some cloves in it, as well as a nice, healthy dose of drambuie. What is drambuie? Oh. Oh, well. This is a story. So. Okay. Some time ago, a friend of mine, her mom, suggested that I try this cocktail called a rusty nail, which I'd never had before, which is made of scotch and Drambui, and it literally made my eyes water and cough, and I had it on the <laughs> podcast with Kai, and everyone laughed at me. Um, but it cleared my sinuses, that's I for see. sure. So since I still had some Drambui, I decided to mix it with what the What is, like, does it have so. some sort of aromatics to it? Like, what is what is this? Yeah, I it's got, like, honey and herbs, and it's scotch-flavored liqueur, um, hmm. but it's tasty and it's um it's invigorating shall we say yeah this is a it's a little toasty for me to be drinking a hot drink but i think, yeah. I, think I still need it <laughs> how how hot is it where you are uh it's in like the 80s or the 90s or something i i haven't left my apartment yeah. in about a week now so right. <laughs> you know isolating as you're supposed to do mm -hmm. but uh let's uh let's go ahead and get to our news fixes and as okay. you were saying just before the show megan the story that we <laughs> haven't talked about all week while we've yeah. been waiting for you some know. actual information little oh story my goodness little oh story my happened. goodness this raid on mar-a-lago and now they're saying that the warrant was based on information that trump they believe Trump may have violated the Espionage Act. Now, ev earlier in the debate and, and the zeitgeist about this, everyone was saying, oh, you know, this is because he may have violated the Presidential Records Act and improperly mm -hmm. storing materials. And the Trump camp was basically like, no, 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 he declassified all the information beforehand, and so it can't be a violation of any of these things. It doesn't matter if you're talking about espionage. That's a whole other category of things. And now there's a lot of reporting that some of it may have had to do with like nuclear things, several right. documents that were seized in the warrant list that came out today were documents that are just not supposed to be viewed outside of government facilities. Be there's stashed some, in a closet at a country club? Yeah. <laughs> some documents related to like the French president. And so the question, you know, begs the question like, 
why did Trump feel like he needed these things? Right. And, um, you and know, these had been subpoenaed course, already, right? These documents had already been subpoenaed, is my understanding, uh, to be relinquished at will and had not been. Yeah, and so now they're relinquished not at will. And right. also, you know, the destruction of documents, another pretty serious charge uh, that we could have known about earlier had had certain journalists decided to not hold that information for their books, but that's a mm. side side story there. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm watching this unfold with great interest and... Um, you know, lots of people in the chats here talking about Teflon Don, nothing's going to stick, that nobody's going to be able to do anything. But this is this is a lot. This is a lot. And unfortunately, we're also seeing the reaction that a lot of folks predicted in the past from some of his supporters. We had, you know, someone who's very active on Trump's social media site, Truth Social, going and attacking an FBI headquarters. Right. And there are his supporters hanging out outside Mar-a-Lago. I mean, you know, this is a very delicate situation. And I do not envy the folks at DOJ trying to walk the fine line of trying to keep this as apolitical as they can, which is effectively impossible at this right. point. But yeah. Um, what's your news? Cause then I'll have come back. For well, my yeah, one. right. Um, I was just going to say, you know, I'm, I was going to restrict my comments on, on your story to, uh, to quote Kai Rizdal, just, uh, who boy, <laughs> that's about the extent of, <laughs> of what I was going to add. Um, but, uh, yeah, no. So I thought we should sort of close the circle on something that we talked about quite a bit this week, which was the, um, Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 has passed the House. So it's going to President Biden. It did. Uh, I think it was just, you know, maybe like 15, 20 minutes ago, passed the House. So that is heading to President Biden. (laughs) And again, this is probably, people better know it as the climate bill, but it also, this is going through the budget reconciliation process, as we discussed earlier this week, uh, to get around the uh, filibuster-proof majority that other things need. So this passed uh, the House, and it includes, it's about, I think, $370 billion in investments in energy, clean energy, and uh, all kinds of climate investments paid for, as we also discussed, by revising the tax code to, to try to extract more taxes from very large businesses that manage to deduct a lot of their tax liability and try to recapture some of that. And Mm -hmm. also is reducing uh, drug costs, ideally, uh, for for those on Medicare. And we'll see how that trickles through the system. Now we'll we'll, we'll really be able to kind of talk about it and see how that goes. Um, And then I also did want to mention, since we've sort of been having infectious disease week here on (laughs) Make Me Smart, and I am, this is my favorite topic to (laughs) discuss. Literally and figuratively. (laughs) Right? (laughs) In so many ways. Uh, Just wanted to drop in here, polio's back. Yeah, it's back, baby. (laughs) Um, That's where we are now. So uh, polio has been has been identified in wastewater in New York City. It had been, I know this has been an ongoing thing, um, I guess in upstate New York, um, in communities that have low vaccination rates, I believe, you know, religious communities that have low vaccination rates, and now appears to be also spreading in New York City. 
this had uh, been going on in London. I feel like last year there was they had identified polio spreading in London as well. Um, but not a you know, this is is not a huge cause for concern in, in terms of the public. Most people are vaccinated against polio. You know, this is uh, something that before COVID, that was the, the fastest vaccine ever developed. Amazing advance of technology. Nobody wants to get polio. Uh, I have, uh, you know, a member of my extended family who who did get polio as a child, was, was paralyzed, um, you know, into adulthood. And so... You know, but I was talking with folks on social media today, you know, people, everyone was like uh, texting their mom, hey, just want to make sure, you know, did I get my full polio vaccination course? Because it is a long course. It's a, I believe it's a three dose course that happens over quite a, a long time period as the initial course. Um, and the CDC also recommends, I know when I, you know, when I traveled, I know you've, you know, you've lived in, in many different countries. And, um, but when I went to travel clinics, I was advised to, to get a, an adult booster, polio booster. So I got an adult polio booster, um, and that's good for life. But they do say that the, the three dose series is generally good for life unless you are in a high risk situation. And then I, people on my Twitter were saying like, yeah, so now that includes living in New York City. Um, but yeah, we're back to the iron lung. Uh, that's where we are. And I know that um, a, a lot of childhood vaccinations, even, you know, not among folks who are hardcore anti-vaxxers or anything like that, um, but just because of how disruptive to healthcare the last several years has been, a lot of childhood vaccination schedules have been disrupted. And I know this is a big concern in public health, um, you know, that, that this has happened. And so just another thing to add to the docket. Uh, <laughs> This, at this time, uh, we've got some nuclear stuff going on. We've got some polio. We've got all kinds of things. But, uh, yeah, drink up. But you know what we also have? Mm. Sploots. Mm. We have sploots. This is my favorite story all week. So this is a story in Slate about squirrels splooting, which is a word that I had never heard before. I had never heard this before either. Yes, so this is basically when... You see, like, you're walking down the street and you see, like, a squirrel, like, laid out flat and you think it might be dead. But then when you get back to it and you go up to it to, like, check on it and it gets up and runs away. And it's because they're, like, spreading themselves out to cool down. Is Jasper? Jasper's not quite splooting. He's just a little No, he's like a half sploot. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, like, when they, like, spread out and their legs are out as askance and... It's called splooting, and dogs do it, and other animals do it, and they're just trying to cool down. Bears do it. But this Slate story has many photos of animals splooting. Oh, yes, corgis, as Marilyn Baker says. Oh, corgis yes. are apparently very corgis good at splooting. Corgis definitely do it, yeah. This just entertained me a great deal. I also deal. saw that and there so, is an, there's an inverse to to this. Which oh, is yeah, where they're on their back. Tulps. Or something. Tulps. This is also a let me. Yeah, it's a it's a Reddit thing. Uh, yeah, tulps. Also known tulps as is the frogging, inverse. Frog dogging. Superman. Frog dogging. <laughs> <laughs> well, tulps. my computer, right. I can tell you, is uh, is what is it? Slooping? Stooping? Slooping? Now Sloop. I have all the consonants Slooping. mixed up. Slooping? Slooting? My computer is shooting sure right now. Rose. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, my computer before we started was getting a little hot and bothered. And so I put it on top of a nice, cool package of frozen croissants from Trader Joe's. So I believe my computer may be considered to be splitting, splitting. That's as good of a turn as any to go to a game as I've ever heard. All right. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. This game is half full, half empty, hosted by the one, the only, Drew Dross- Drew Jostad. Well, see, it's that Drambuie again. Drew Jostad. Hey, Drew. Hi, Kimberly. Hi, Megan. Uh, hey. The CPI came out this week. Are you half full or half empty on the idea that inflation has peaked? <sighs> Ooh, hmm. I was just strongly encouraged by two very smart economists not to make any predictions about inflation peaking. Uh, <laughs> Neela Richardson and Catherine Rampell were like, don't do it. Uh, so I am <laughs> going to go half empty just to be careful. Okay. Um, I guess I'll go half full just because it's good to have one month of a good indicator, but it's better than not having, it's better than having another month of a bad indicator. So I'm going to say half full, but it's a, it's a heavily caveated half full. Um, Mostly because rents are kind of permanently high and that's really bad. Um, Gas, food, these things might go down, but rents, that's long-term. We need to get that guy who ran for president on the um, rent is too damn high platform to do answer the make me smart question. Mm-hmm. See what he has to say about that. All right, what's the next one, Drew? Okay, uh, background question. Have you seen the crying CEO post? I've read an article about it. I have thoughts. Okay. Have you seen this story, Megan? No, I don't, I don't think so. This does not so sound familiar. Basically, this is a CEO who posted a very tearful video on LinkedIn, I believe, um, announcing the fact that he had to lay off some of his employees and how upset he was about it. Uh. And that it wasn't necessarily just because of the economy, but because of a mistake that he made, although he wasn't very clear about it. And so he got a lot of backlash from people like, why are you making this all about you? It's really, you know, cringy, as many people like to say, and it's self-centered and it's, you know, it's much harder on your employees. Why are you making this all about you? Yeah. Um, You know, I'm half empty on that particular moment. But I also get it because we've spent the last several years telling our leaders in organizations to be more like connected to the fact that people are humans and have lives. And, you know, I was once in a situation where I was sitting on a board where we had to make some decisions about layoffs and furloughs around the pandemic. And it was super emotional. It really was. And like, now, I didn't post a video of myself crying about it, but I definitely had some tears. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to go have hmm. empty on that. Like, you can cry by yourself. That's a, yeah, that was a very thoughtful and generous assessment, I think. <laughs> very generous. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to go half empty on that. It's like, 
Sure, you want the boss to have emotional intelligence, and part of that is knowing when to just not go there. <laughs> just not so, make it about you. Yeah. Empty. Next. Real Double quick empty. from this article in Fast Company, it does seem that it was maybe a photo of himself crying, not a video. Oh, okay. So I'm looking at the photo. Accuracy. I'm looking at the okay. photo. Thank you. Okay. All right. Touch uh, better, but not really. But I'm, honestly, it's a little bit weirder. Yeah, I'm not it's sure like, if it's better. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because you had to really like. That's intentional. That to That's take that like moment exactly. That's a little yeah. bit weirder. <laughs> Even less. <empty>. Okay. <laughs> More empty. <laughs> Okay, uh, the NIH is working on a project to create a DNA data bank with more diverse people in it. Are you half full or half empty? Megan, you go first. Okay, so I'll just, I will do the um, the Pollyanna-ish half full on that. I mean, that's obviously a very important thing to do so i'll i'll kind of be the uh i'll be the i'll set i'll set up your <laughs> your critique kimberly and say that's a good thing to do you know we we know in in many cases that um medicine and you know all kinds of not just medicine but many things that the uh the designs of trials and all of these things are heavily biased by relying on only white participants and that that really systemically shapes all these industries and all these things. So I will say that that's a good thing and half full. Uh, I'm going to punt on this one and go neutral because the idea of having a more diverse and I, and I hear you Chuck in the, in the chat saying that, you know, don't say diverse when you really just mean like Brown people. I get it. Um, but there's also not a lot of women, not a lot of age diversity, not a lot of, um, you know, different immigration status, geographic variety. A lot of these things tend to be focused on folks on the East Coast, closer to research institutions and things like that. Of course. So um, in theory, it's great. One of the pieces of information that came out about this database is that the information they had, actually, they spotted COVID in that test population earlier because mm -hmm. they had so much information about those folks. Mm -hmm. um, it's just like, you know, it's all well and good as long as it stays in the hands of people who treat it responsibly and carefully. But, you know, given some of our political leaders and their stance on science and ethics, um, I don't know that I want a giant database of all of our information in there. And also right. like China's doing this as well and getting a lot of criticism for sort of creating a DNA database of its mm -hmm. entire population. So anyway, uh, I'm going to go neutral. And I know that's yeah. not the way you're supposed to play the game, but I'm doing it anyway. Rewrite the rules. Next. Just yeah, make the rules mine. Yeah. Next. Uh, so. Point taken on that. I should not have said diverse people. I did not mean to say it that way. That I mean, that's what everybody's weird. saying in the. That, that's what the NIH is saying too. They want to have a diverse representation. People throw this word around all the time, and you know, because people have yet to develop a level of comfort in talking about you yeah. know issues of race and ethnicity and differing background status in this country, and so people always end up 
stumbling over it in awkward ways. That's I am definitely guilty of that in, you know, writing for writing for marketplace. You know, it's always like, am I going to use some euphemism? Yeah. Yeah. The way I phrased it, I could have done better. I could have said something like the data bank itself is going to be maybe more diverse, but the people involved, you know, anyway. We are all learning and growing, Drew. Peloton says it's going to cut 780 jobs. Are you half full or half empty Mm. on staying at home fitness uh, going forward? Oh, gosh. As an introvert, I'm half full. I don't like going outside. I mean, like, isolation is not great, but I'm I'm handling it because I like being inside. Yeah, no, I'm going to say I really hate exercising in front of other people among many things I hate to do in front of other people, but especially exercise. Um, However, I really hate exercising at my own house, which does not have central air conditioning. (laughs) So I have my unused Peloton in the corner. We're very glowing. We're very dewy. Because we have Um, to turn off our AC in order to do this without background noise. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but so... Gosh, I guess I, I mean, in theory, I'll go, I'll go half full on exercising at home. No way that I'm ever (laughs) going to go back to the indignities of my poor exercise performance being witnessed by other human beings. (laughs) Ooh, and our wonderful colleague Emily was pointing out that so many diseases are spreading at gyms right now, you. Infectious disease week. Okay, next. Half full or half empty on Serena Williams retiring. (sighs) Half empty. If she had been somebody else, she wouldn't have had to. And that sucks. I, um... I mean, I do appreciate that this is sort of a... I mean, she has, in so many... So many of her big life moments, she has... Um, turned into kind of big dialogues around, you know, so many of the issues that she has faced from the kind of, you know, bias that she has experienced in the healthcare system to, you know, on the court bias to, um, you know, her, how she and her partner have, um, you know, handled family stuff. And so I think when Serena Williams talks about things like having to step out of the game as a woman in order to continue to grow her family, it, it's really powerful. Um, not that these are things that have not been discussed ad nauseum for the last, you know, forever, but especially over the last couple of years, as we, you know, saw, Uh, the division of unpaid family labor fall so heavily on women. Um, But I'm going to say, I'm going to say I'm half full on this just because I think that she has such a power to affect the conversation around things like these. Yeah. I'm hearing a couple, I'm reading, not hearing, seeing a couple of people in the comments saying, I don't know what I mean when I say that if she had been somebody else, she wouldn't have had to retire to accomplish these goals. As a black woman in tennis, the discrimination that she's faced, the racism that she's faced, the pressure that she's constantly under, the just um, nonstop 
everything being harder for her, given what an amazing athlete she is, if she were a white dude, her career would have been able to continue probably much longer with much less drama and still had her family gotten her flowers and done everything. And, you know, she's acknowledged that she, you know, probably wouldn't have to make this move if not for all of these other things. And I love that she's doing it on her own terms and doing it in her own time and she deserves all the things, but you can't separate her arc from the racism and discrimination and even the racism and discrimination in healthcare. The fact right. that when she was having complications for her pregnancy, that that pain was diminished, all of these things factor in. And yeah. so while on the one hand, I celebrate her making this decision, on the other hand, I can't help but see it as just yet another person who, yeah. if not for racism, could have gone so much further. Mm-hmm. And so that's that. <sighs> All right. Yeah, for those who, who aren't familiar with her, her health care issue, I mean, it's it's an amazing story. You should look it up. She was suffering, you know, from blood clots uh, after her pregnancy, and she basically had to direct her healthcare team, (laughs) you know, to be able to get life-saving care that if she had not gotten, she probably would have died. Um, But yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a dark one to end on. Drew, come on, give us something else. I know we're running over on time. I almost don't want to play the music. (laughs) (laughs) Sploot! Sploot! I'm just going to say sploot. (laughs) I need to sploot right about now. I'm going to tell you. I know. We're both like sweaty. I have like... All right. The sun has changed direction and now I have lines going across my face from the window blinds. So (laughs) I look extra special. All right. Everybody sploot. That is it for us today. Kai and I will be back next week with a Tuesday deep dive on DACA. It's the 10th anniversary of the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program. And so we're going to talk about how that program has impacted the economic lives of young immigrants in the country, the politics of the country, and why there are still so many people without protected status and where immigration activism may go from here. And in the meantime, you can keep sending us your your thoughts and your questions. We would love to hear from you. If you are a DACA recipient, we want to, you know, hear your story. You can email us at makemesmart at marketplace.org or, of course, leave us a voice message at 508-827-6278, which is, of course, 508 You Be Smart. Imperative. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Make Me Smart is produced by Marissa Cabrera, and today's episode was engineered by Drew Jostad. Jostad. I drambooey. <laughs> Man. Drew Jostad. And the senior producer is Bridget Bodner. The team behind our Friday game is Stephen Bjorn, Mel Rosenberg, and Emily McCune, with theme music written by Drew Jostad, and the director of On Demand is Donna Tam. Ooh, splute. Several people were commenting that uh, didn't Megan used to do this from her closet? I know. They missed the the can lineup. Yeah. The can can background was pretty cool. I know. It was very cute, but it was just like a sauna in there. I would probably have fainted if I had stayed in there. 
John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts.